Hello and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host of this podcast. Hello everybody and I hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday. Um, as you all know, again, routine. It's Friday for me. I just had therapy. It was great. Um, and I just kind of did some like running around. Like my morning already has like flown by. I'm still doing the competition with my coworkers, so I went for an hour long run this morning nearly died my legs are on fire but I love it I love running it's great so I did that and then um just been kind of like cleaning around the house I love cleaning it's so therapeutic to me um and yeah so that's kind of like everything that I, just today I've been doing um tomorrow we are going to be helping um Chris's friends move house they're moving to like the north end of Calgary and we're in the south end so We'll be doing that but of course like keeping our distance and not going inside the house but trying our best to like help them and get as much stuff as possible to their house and a few runs so we'll be doing that and then on Saturday evening we're going to be going to the zoo lights so I'm really excited about that I think I talked about that in my last episode so I'll be doing that which I'm super pumped about I'm never gone before and I totally talked about my last episode that I thought there was going to be animals. Apparently half the animals are in their beds by the time the zoo lights come. So that was very disappointing. But I know it'll still be pretty. And some of them will still be out. But I literally had my head up. I was like, oh yeah, they'll be out and they'll be about. And we'll get to see all of them. And no, absolutely not. I'm kind of happy about that though. Like I said, zoos aren't my favorite place. So, um, But yeah, so that's kind of all that... I have been doing. I listened to a really good episode of uh, the Cure for Chronic Pain, um, and if you ever have family conflict around Christmas time, even though like I know it's going to be hard this year with um, depending on where you live and the restrictions and who knows what's going to happen, but um, um, I can't remember how she described it. I'm thinking I think it was like the the tornado season or something like that, and I thought that was so funny. And she's like, "That's like a most, you know." falling ads happen even though it's like the best time of year starting from thanksgiving weekend onwards so she's in the state so um it makes sense for them because it's in november but i thought that was really funny and it's just kind of um it had some like good guidelines of like what to do if you do feel that things are coming up that you don't feel comfortable talking about or that's making you feel uncomfortable or you just don't really feel like talking about that and i just thought it was really funny and really well um described so I was listening to that and then for shows I finished The Undoing very well done it's not my absolute favorite show but it was still very good and still worth watching if you haven't watched it yet um it definitely took you literally every single person you think is going to be um the murderer and then all of a sudden at the very end it's like twists and turns and twists and turns and you really don't know what you're gonna expect which is great um, especially up until like the second last episode you're like oh god like who the hell is it like you thought it was you're so like stuck on being one person so um, that was really good and then I have been watching Liar which is on Prime um, that is really really good too I'm not sure if I mentioned it in my last episode or not but it's fantastic there's two seasons I thought there was only one and I guess I like didn't realize that on Prime like when you're watching an episode it just goes straight into the next one 
and for the first time I was like up so late like watching the first episode and I was like oh my god this episode's like two hours long and then I realized I was on the second episode so um if you're watching it on Prime just be careful of that because I was like so tired but I was like no I need to see what happens at the end of this first episode because uh, I believe you gotta at least if you're ever getting into those like murder mystery shows um that come out or just like you know those like true crime shows I feel like you'll have to watch the first episode in order for the cliffhanger to drag you into the second episode and if there's not that good of a cliffhanger by the sec by the first episode I'm usually lost by it I'm not like that interested so if it doesn't grip you by then um, like Outlander like I loved Outlander in that first episode so much happens and you're like what the fuck what is gonna happen by the second episode um and if you haven't watched outlander i highly recommend it it's so so good that's on netflix and then um just last night i started watching because i was listening to my favorite murder i started watching um murder on middle beach so far guys it is fantastic it is so so good um i'd really recommend it it, it there's just in the first episode i think the first episode's about an hour long um basically it's the son documenting his mother's murder and he's going around to the family and um there's just so much behind it and not really a spoiler because um i don't actually know the answer but this is my thought on who did it i really think the dad has something to do with it like absolutely the dad has something to do with it when you watch the show you'll see what i mean that is on crave or hbo if you have it um it is so fucking good and i'm oh my god the dad in it infuriates me so much i I can't handle him so um there's just like a lot of suspicion around the family and questions and there's i'm only on the first episode so it's really good um and this guy is this um teenager essentially he started doing this documentary at a very young age and he slowly follow him with this documentary and it's great and he stops for a few years and he kind of gets back on it again and it's really good so i would absolutely check that out um so that one's called murder on middle beach and it's on hbo so check it out and then i don't know what else um just christmas movies uh, my family last weekend we watched last christmas so good you gotta watch it also on crave um we watched national lampoons christmasification not my favorite movie but put it on because my dad loves it and then um we've just been watching like uk television on top of all that um we love it all we love it all so that's pretty much been it chris really wanted to do some winter camping so i'm thinking um maybe like next weekend we'll go for a winter camping trip uh just him and i so that'll be really nice um it's still can't believe we have no snow so i'm wanting to go to the mountains where there's snow and we have like a little tiny tent trailer so we'll do that it has like a furnace inside um that's like the only thing that it has like a furnace and a stove top and then everything else you have to have like an esky like a cooler for like your drinks and your food and whatnot um because there's no like actual like electric fridge or anything or like electricity i have fairy lights as like the main source of electricity of course because i love my fairy lights um so yeah i think that'll be really nice to do get out to the mountains and see some stuff um but i kind of have some not not bad news not i wouldn't necessarily say it's bad news but i am going to be cutting back down to one episode a week um i found even though i am off friday to sunday 
my weekend literally flies by like it is already uh two o'clock and i am just recording my first episode because like uh, like therapy i have all these other things i'm trying to do and then like usually by the i try and get everything done by the time my family gets home so they're not down here yelling into the microphone and well they're not yelling into the microphone it's such an exaggeration i love exaggerating um but it's just like really disruptive so i try and get it done all before like three o'clock and it's really hard when I'm trying to provide as much information as possible and not feel as if I'm just like copying, pasting and reading some notes and then kind of adding on to it. And I want to be able to provide as much information per episode as possible. So um, I am going to be coming down to one episode a week. And you know what? If we ever do go into a lockdown, I'll be doing much more episodes. But for right now... This is just what I'm going to be able to do. And I don't want to, I don't feel guilty about it either. And I shouldn't. But um, it's just, it's not that I don't have enough time. I have lots of time. It's just finding the right time to be able to record um, with my family routine and my work routine and just life in general. So for now, I'm going to see how it goes. And I just want to be able to provide as much information in one episode and not feel like, okay, I have to rush through this first episode so I can record my second episode. And I just feel like it's it's not as thorough as I want it to be. So that's just like a little heads up. So if you're noticing I'm only coming out one episode a week, that is why. But I'll be releasing them on Tuesday. Um, so stay tuned always on Tuesdays and you'll hear my episodes. And there's one person as well doing all the work. I think it's quite hard. I definitely underestimated how much work actually goes in to providing information. Like it's fucking hard. But I love it. I love it. And I don't want to ever stop this. Um... So yeah, that's just like a little update podcast wise. Again, thank you for your feedback and everything. I just, I don't check my reviews a lot, but I went to double check them again today. Um, and I had some more reviews. So I really appreciate that. That's something that always kind of pushes me to keep doing this. Once I know that I have people that are listening and who are actually being entertained and love this. And I'm part of like the Calgary Murderinos Facebook page to anyone who's part of that page hello and i had one of um these ladies comment on it and she said that my voice is very calming again i think that is the funniest compliment um or not even compliment but piece of feedback that i have got from this that my voice is calming because i actually feel like the most disruptive person ever i feel like i swear a lot um so that's it's really interesting to me it's really interesting how we perceive ourselves and then how other people perceive ourselves because I feel like I'm a walking fucking disaster <laughs> like my whole life um but uh even like my coworker and I we were walking through um the shops yesterday and she's like oh Caitlin she's like I remember when you first started a butter you would always just be such a mess always and we'd be in the back room having your lunch and you'd constantly be dropping your lunchbox and your food on the floor and you're always just in such a fluster and she's like I feel like you've, you've really like tamed it down and I'm like really because i don't (laughs) i always feel like my life is one big fluster but anyways um enough talking about me um this episode i'm going to be doing today one of my clients recommended it to me he's super cool super cool russian guy i know hard to believe no i'm just joking (laughs) um and um yeah we just got on the topic of my podcast and he recommended the story and I actually hadn't heard of it and it's very very interesting so I can't wait to share with you um so please don't forget to rate review subscribe 
and I hope you all have a fantastic day. Happy listening. All right, guys. So in today's episode, we are going to be doing the Lake Bodum murders. Um, so one of my clients actually told me to do this, and um, I was interestedly or immediately really interested in doing this because I was like, yeah, this sounds pretty cool. And like I said before, like I really want to do. Um, you know stories from all over the world because I think it's um it's really interesting to do that so I think it's cool and there's stories from everywhere so why not so um the Lake Bodum murders is one of the most famous unsolved homicide cases in Finnish criminal history um, and there's also um a famous death metal band from Espo Finland that started up in the early 90s and um that's actually how my client and I kind of got on to it because we were talking about my podcast and then he was telling me about like one of his like one of his top favorite death metal bands was from um Finland and um whereas like a lot of um heavy metal death metal bands come from actually which is pretty cool but he was talking to me about that and he was like yeah Children of Bodom is one of my favorite death metal bands and it's based off of a um, murder story so um, I immediately when I said that I was like okay that sounds sick like I want to do that so um, I started googling it and I was like yeah this is what I definitely want to do so I love when you guys recommend these stories to me because I have a massive list of stories that I want to do but as soon as someone um, recommends something to me and I either remember it and I'm like yep I want to do that one immediately or I'm like okay that one's going on my list I I usually do them right away because I do find it quite interesting I don't ever want to forget about them or like you know just put them to the bottom of the list i usually try and do them right away because i appreciate the um you know input and whatnot so um expo is also one of the second largest cities in finland next to helsinki which is the capital and whenever i think of helsinki i would just think of vampires them just do seems like a really cool place to live um and again i just want to put a little disclaimer um after i did my german episode and I butchered all the names basically I am gonna say this is gonna be me trying very very hard to pronounce these Finnish names um I have never been there I don't know how they really speak so yeah this is gonna be interesting but I know that they all speak really good English because I have met Finnish people in France camping many a time and um yeah (laughs) so sorry if I fuck it up um so anyways um on June 5th 1960 at Bodom Lake 15 year old females Malaya Irmeli Borkland and she usually goes by Irmeli her middle name so I'm just gonna call her that and Anya Maki and 18 year old male Seppo Antonio Boisman were killed by stabbing blunt force trauma to their heads while sleeping inside a tent. The fourth youth then, 18 years old, Nils Gustafsson, was found outside the tent with broken facial bones, stab wounds, and stab wounds. Despite extensive investiga- investigations, uh, the perpetrator was never identified and various theories on the killer's identity have been presented over the years. Gustafsson was unexpectedly arrested on suspicion of the murders in 2004 but was found not guilty for the following year. So let's kind of find out what 
went on with this whole story because it's honestly something right like you tell around the fire pit as a horror story because it's fucked it's so so fucked and um it's really unfortunate that it happened like these two girls were 15 and then their boyfriends were 18 and you know they're just going on a camping trip and you know this lake was known to be quite beautiful and it still is beautiful before and nothing really terrible had ever happened there and lots of people used to go camping and there was lots of like little hiking trails and stuff to walk around so um you know it, it still is very beautiful so when this happened it was quite a shock to the community um so yeah all four of these kids decided to go out on this camping trip and then just pure terror struck so um on saturday june 4th 1960 the four Finnish teenagers had decided to go camp along the shore of Lake Bowdoin. And Malaya uh, Borkland and Anya Maki were 15 years old at the time. Accompanying them were their 18-year-old boyfriends. And sometime before, between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. during the early morning hours of Sunday, June 5th, 1916, Maki Borkland and Boysman were all stabbed and bludgeoned to death by an unknown assailant. Gustafsson uh, was the only survivor of the massacre and he had fractured facial bones which appeared to confirm his story. He stated afterwards that he had seen a glimpse of an attacker clothed in black and bright red coming from coming to them. So I go camping a lot and that is honestly one of my worst nightmares and it, it just I so another thing too like I want to add is like in Finland in the summertime it it gets dark like quite early um so like around like 10 o'clock they'd start going to bed because it was getting dark and they were probably tired after their whole day and then it usually gets quite bright so around three o'clock in the morning it usually starts the sun starts to rise so it was almost like you could say broad daylight by the time um you know this murder happened so it wasn't dark it's not like they couldn't like if if they could actually have seen someone then you know when they cut the strings of the tent like that because that's what happened essentially is this person had cut the string of the tent and then um they collapsed on them so that's already very like flustering and like you wouldn't really be able to see much anyways but if that hadn't happened they'd probably be able to see their killer very very easily um so that to me was very scary um and like it happened like again in the morning time like it wasn't even late at night like scary time like i don't know i'm scared of the dark (laughs) um so yeah like that it it just freaks me out and like i'm always we go crownland camping a lot and crownland camping is basically um this land that's usually all around canada and you can um camp there for free and there's usually so many different people so yeah we just we all go out there and it's an absolute riot and it's free but i'm always like i have no idea who's camping next to me and i have no idea like what they're gonna do or you know if these are just some psychopaths or what but i mean it's never happened and probably never will happen but that's just me being crazy bitch so anyways um at about 6 a.m a group of boys birds watching as you do love that very cute very european um bird watching in some distance away have reportedly seen the tent collapse and a blonde man walking away from the site 
The bodies of the victims were discovered at about 11 a.m. by a carpenter named Esko Ovid Johansson. He alerted the police who arrived at the scene by noon. So, I mean, he had kind of seen them by 11. The police didn't come by noon. It's very delayed. Like, oh, just three kids brutally, brutally murdered. We'll get there soon. We'll just finish off our brunch and head on over. We'll bring our co- coffee and a flask and maybe it won't be as bad as we think it is. But I can't imagine even stumbling across that. Um, and when I post pictures, I'll post them on my Instagram, um, Murder She Spoke podcast. Or, Jesus, that's my old podcast name. <laughs> Murder on Her Mind podcast. Um, you'll you'll all see, you'll be able to see like the pictures and stuff. And um, it, it's really quite gruesome. It's honestly something... When I saw it, I thought of like American Horror Story. Like it, it's just so something that they, they could pluck out of that story and put it in their show. And you'd be like, oh God, there's no way that's real. Because um, it was that gruesome. So um, yeah, it's it's very creepy. So keep an eye out my Instagram for the photos when I release this. Um, so the tent is investigated immediately after the murders. The killer had not injured the victims from inside the tent, but instead had attacked the occupants from outside with a knife and unidentified blunt instrument, possibly a rock, through the sides of the tent. The uh, the murder weapons have never been located and the killer had taken several items which detectives found puzzling. So yeah, um, I found that quite strange when I had been reading this that, you know, several of these kids, and I'll call them kids because they're young, like they're, I mean, I mean 18, yeah, as an adult, but the 15 year olds, like fuck, like that's that's basically the same age as my sister um it's just so horrific and i don't know if my mom and dad would ever let my sister actually go out camping at 15 by themselves with some 18 year old boys actually no my dad would have a fucking heart attack if me i was like yeah dad i'm gonna go um i'm gonna go camping with some 18 year old boys are by ourselves like my dad would be like uh no you're not get the fuck back in the house so yeah that's it's, it's very sad like that's why i do call them kids so um yeah so the killer had taken uh, several items which was super puzzling and later discovered that part um included sorry they later discovered including keys of the victims motorcycles which themselves had been left behind um gustafin shoes were later discovered partially hidden approximately 500 meters from the murder site um which is why i think like a lot of people when this story came out like a lot of people seemed to point the finger to him because he was the only survivor with only minor um wounds i mean still very very terrifying if it if it wasn't him and um still nobody wants some broken bones in their face fuck that but um uh, the police did not cordon off the site um nor record the details of the scene um which was later seen as a major major error that they didn't do this and it wasn't completely investigated so thoroughly like it should have been and almost immediately allowed a crowd of police officers and other people trampled around and disrupt the evidence this always makes me laugh when this happens and it's so crazy to me the more these stories i read the more it seems to happen i'm like what the fuck like I mean, obviously now we're learning, but even still in modern day, it's, oh my God, it's such a joke. Um, so yeah, they, they disturbed all the evidence and the mistake was further exaggerated by calling soldiers to assist with search around the lake 
for the missing items several of which were never found and i honestly would love to know like what items were taken because i think that's like super interesting so borkling gustafsson's girlfriend was found undressed in the waist down and was laying on top of the tent and had suffered the most injuries out of all the victims um which is another reason why people seem to have pointed the finger towards him it was his girlfriend and she suffered the most amount of injuries now unless um gustafin had some sort of enemy and you know they came they were watching them and that's how they knew they were camping and he wanted this person i'm just gonna say he um came and attacked this girl because it was like a vengeance towards him and it could have actually very easily been a woman like a vengeance kind of jealousy thing but um you know it's very very ironic that it's his girlfriend and he's the one that survives and she's the one that has the most um trauma so um she was stabbed multiple times after her death whilst the other two teenagers were slain less brutally less brutally Gustafson was also found lying on top of the tent. So there has been many, many a suspect to this story. And I think that's one of the things is it's just such a random murder. And there wasn't really a lot of like backstory. Even when I was trying to research these, I was watching YouTube videos. Um, there were so many um, like horror movies, like, or sorry. Yeah, I guess scary stories for kids that's all that kept coming up like people use the story around the campfire which i think is fucking terrifying if you're out with like your girl scouts or your boy scouts you're like okay guys let's tell a story about how these kids got brutally murdered um but when i was looking like i really couldn't see like a whole bunch on the backstory of their like relationships and their friendship and whatnot it was very much so focused on the murder and how it was butchered and how it's unsolved so um there has been numerous suspects over the course of the investigation of the Bodum murders um, but the following are the most notable. So, Vladimir, um, no, his last name, don't have a bloody clue how to say it, Glystorm, let's just call him Val- Vladimir Kloystrom. Yeah, that sounds great. Sounds very uh, European. Many locals suspected Carl Vladimir, um, a kiosk keeper who worked right around the lake known to have been hostile towards campers and he was known to have wandered around the lake around at night and he was quite like an angry man um but that's really all they could have against him police found no hard evidence to link him to the actual murders they were skeptical of the supposed confessions and he was said to have made because they've considered him as a disturbed man um, he drowned in the lake bottom in 1969, most likely by suicide, which is kind of, um, I mean, obviously, <laughs> so I'm just like linking him right to the murder, but that's very sad that he died by suicide. Um, but at the fact of the matter of like, it's just right at Lake Bodum, you know, those same kids were murdered. But again, that's where he lived and everything. So you never know. The people in the town knew Glystrom was violent. He cut down tents, threw rocks at people. Who came near his street and some later said it was Gleistrom they saw coming back from the murder scene um, but were too afraid to call the police about him because he was such a psycho dickhead um and the fact too that he cut down people's tents and the, the the kids tents were cut down i just don't know why he would brutally murder one girl and not do i mean 
this is so horrible to say but not do the exact same to the other girl which is why i think it's very very hard to pinpoint um him to this although he does have many other traits that were similar especially with the aggression and stuff um police never did any dna tests from glaustrom and it's now too late because all the dna has been gone but a book released in 2006 brings the theory in detail the book also claims the police almost immediately ignored much more evidence that previously unknown to the public because the language barriers among their things um i couldn't like i i was picking up this information off of this podcast that i was listening to or podcast sorry youtube videos listening to and they didn't really let me know what bucket was and i was trying to look it up and i couldn't really see much so moving on to the next suspect hans asman most public suspicion focused on hans asman who lived in several kilometers from the shore of like bodum a series of popular books uh like helped the theory of asman committing the bodum killings and other murders it was not taken seriously by the police as asman had an alibi that night of the bodum murders he was said to have been in germany during the time of the murder on the morning of june 6 1990 however he had shown up at the hospital of helsinki with bloody clothes now what were you doing with your bloody clothes i want to know so uh, just i find that very strange too you know it's like I think the only reason why people linked it to him is because he had bloody clothes. There wasn't really much other than that. Um, but it wasn't Helsinki, which was the next biggest town um, over. But um, that was that was really about all they could pinpoint to him, which really isn't enough evidence. So then we're moving on to Gustafin and his trial. So um in late march of 2004 almost 44 years after the event gustafson not a suspect in the case as far as the public knew was arrested in early 2005 the finnish national Bureau investigation declared that it was solved based on the new forensic analysis according to the prosecution's inter- interpretation of the bloodstain gustafson may have been drunk and excluded from the tent he attacked the other boy getting his jaw broken in a fight which escalated into him committing the three murders but again what on earth was his motive towards his girlfriend like i just sure if there was and the other girl too you know if he him and his buddy were like having a scrap and it got out of control because of alcohol which you know they're 18 years old of course they're going to be drinking and they're with their girlfriends you know one's trying to show off in front of the other and things get carried away something shouldn't have been said and all that so I just don't understand what his motive would have been to have uh, been so aggressive towards the other two girls. Uh, the trial started on August 4th, 2005, and Gustafson's defense lawyer argued that murders were to work, sorry, were the work of one or more outsiders, and that Gustafson would have been incapable of killing three people given the extent of his injuries. It had always been known that the shoes worn by the killer and hidden 500 meters away from the tent belonged to Gustafin, who was also found barefoot on top of the tent. More DNA, like, that's another thing that I don't understand about this. So, you know, why were his shoes 500 meters away and then he was left lying on the tent with no shoes on? I, it just really doesn't add up. And like, you know, maybe if he did get in a fight with this, with his buddy and, you know, his shoes were taken off, like, it just why like why are they taking off 500 meters away like was he 
did he hurt his head and you know he's all blurry and he's like oh, i'm just gonna hide my shoes and he thinks that 500 meters is far, far enough away that no one will ever find him from this crime scene they'll make it look like they took my shoes i don't know like it just doesn't make sense to me like he obviously wasn't really thinking very straight if he was the killer um so more dna analysis was significant for the prosecution as it showed that the three murder victims blood was gustafin's shoes but the gustafin's was completely absent so there wasn't enough dna to even test this against him so um yeah i I just I, again I, I find that very very interesting and strange that that was the case that his shoes were left unless it's like you know murder slash slash um robber he's like oh i want these shoes i'm just kidding i don't want them anymore i'd love to know like how they were left they were left like neatly or if they were just like flung 500 meters um because i thought that would like make a big difference you know if like if someone did steal them and they're like oh yeah like i'm just gonna steal them actually no i don't want them and threw them or if it was him and he left them neatly trying to hide them and if they were placed in such a way that they were hidden I, I'd, I'd love to know but again i don't know what the point of why it would make him look more innocent if his shoes were off like the shoeless killer okay terrifying <laughs> so scared um the prosecution said it followed from the lack of gustafin's blood in the shoes that his injuries had occurred in different time of the attack and the murder victims. Uh, the only explanation of that Gustafin had committed the murders, then faked the theft of the items, hiding them, further injured himself, and then went back to the tent where he was now barefoot and he pretended to be unconscious. Um, and again, where would he have hid in that time if he did, again, going back to the fight with his friend, if he did get into a fight with his friend and he really had hurt his head and it really angered him and he killed everyone, but and he's start slowly starting to lose blood because he's also injured himself and he's just kind of like losing consciousness because he's been walled across the head a few times where would he have hid these items in that time that's just i just don't i don't know questions who knows um the prosecution attempted to bolster their case by alleging the identification of two bird watchers of gustafin the tall blonde man at the scene of the crime now this is finland there is a lot of blonde people there I feel like you just can't be like, mm, you know, off you pop. That's like going to Scotland and being like, oh yeah, I saw a redhead or ginger. Gingers have souls. No, like, it just, no. That's like, you know, again, going to Mexico and saying, like, oh yeah, I saw a tall uh, Mexican man leaving close by the scene. There could have been a million of them. You're in Mexico, for God's sake. Maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so because of his like blonde hair um they're you know thinking that it's just a remark that they remembered so and also the decade after the event he had boasted to two women about his guilt so maybe his guilt wasn't necessarily towards the murder but towards that he had actually survived and he couldn't have done much more um so on october 7 2005 gustafin was acquitted of all charges the court explained the verdict due to the prosecution evidence being inclusive and failure to so gustafin had a motive appropriate to crime of such extreme seriousness and certainly about the facts of now being impossible given the time that he had elapsed um the state of finland paid him forty-four thousand nine hundred euro that is a shit ton of money that's like almost over a million canadian dollars i think um 
you know, roughly doing a guesstimate of the euro versus the Canadian dollar, you usually get roughly around double. When I first moved to Canada, it was like on par and it was perfect. But, you know, um, if you'd like saved up 2000 euro, you get like 4000 Canadian, which is great for any person moving here. But then when you move to the um, to Europe or even if you're going to the UK, it's half your money. If you have 20,000 saved, you're only going to about like 10,000 pounds or 10,000 euro which is sucks dick. It's just so shitty. Um, for the mental suffering caused by the long remain time, but he was refused permission to sue Finnish newspapers after the defamation. Um, and then they really couldn't find much more off of Gustafsson. And um, there wasn't many more suspects after that or before that. But yeah, it it's just just such an interesting story and you know it that's the thing of these wrongly convicted stories not even wrongly convicted even just to be pointing the finger on and how the media especially in europe or even in the uk mostly but all over europe really they're the tabloids are just all over it and they just are like vultures and they pick at you and pick at you until you're nothing and you could be completely guilt-free and i always you know go back when i'm talking about this to my clients how like horrific the uk tabloids are is you know even like Meghan markle when you know she kind of came into like royalty and she had her first baby and everything and there's a picture of her taking her baby out of the car seat and how she was like an ill-willed mother because she couldn't hold the baby properly i'm sorry there is no flamboyant or easy looking way to take your child who's swerving in the chair out of a you know a car seat they're just so 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 bad with doing that so anyways that's just like something i want to add in there you know <laughs> but again they do get some juicy stories i gotta say lots of juicy stories but that is the story of the bodum murders or the children of bodum um and if you like death metal you've probably heard of the band children of bodum and if not and if you're interested i know one of my really good friends isis hello she, <laughs> i know you like your metal and stuff so she give them a listen i know my boyfriend's brother is really into it and i have a really good friend um fitzy too who's into it um but i i've honestly never really got into it i'm more into like punk and alternative rock and 70s and 80s music i do love my little bit of disco anything that i can dance to i'll be out there and i'm not a good dancer but i love it um <clears throat> anyways that is the end of my story i hope you enjoyed it um tune in again next tuesday for my next episode and um, please don't forget to rate review subscribe um again thank you to all my listeners and thank you to all my all my supporters i guess i don't know <laughs> feels so weird to say that i always feel like i'm such like a freaking cocky bitch when i say that shit but whatever you always gotta say thank you good manners but that was the story for today. Again, if you have any recommendations, always shoot me a message on Instagram. I want to know. Don't ever feel like you're pestering me. But yes, that is all I have to tell you. Have a wonderful day and happy listening. And please, guys, stay safe and stay warm, even though it's really nice and warm here right now. <laughs> Bye-bye.